The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth. But no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. He did it again. Well, we got a, we got a little problem developing here with The Steve Noble Show. Apparently, you can't say the anymore. <laughs> <laughs> of all the offensive words out there, does the make it onto your list? I'm not kidding. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. Say, I have my The Steve Noble Show coffee mug here in the studio. I'm going to have to take some white out or something and get rid of the the that and some other wacky stories here, here today on the show. I hope you're well. God bless you. And several things to, to talk about. And Ron DeSantis continues to just do a great job down in Florida. So on education, he's uh, do, he just continues to come out swinging there. And uh, sorry, uh, Mr. Trump. Uh, sorry about Don, Ron DeSantis's disloyalty to, towards you if he's going to run for president. We'll see. But so some great things that DeSantis is doing down there with Florida colleges and universities. A really creepy story something that happened just recently at the World Economic Forum that actually is happening, this is coming, to a workplace, to a school, to a social environment near you that you need to know about. Uh, Brain transparency. That sounds comforting, doesn't it? Americans named the U.S.'s worst problem. Might not be what you think it is. And then if we have time, uh, CNN, which just is the, the best thing for CNN right now, just in terms of ratings would be for Donald Trump to do pretty much anything nutty out of the ordinary or ordinary. And uh, then that would give them ratings back, but they're really in bad shape. So if I have time, I'll get to that. But back to the story I'm going to start with, which now I continue to sin every time I say the word the. The Associated Press has announced that the article the, this is just nutty, isn't it? This is a, a reprobate world that wants to redefine everything, create its own reality, which is pretty much the definition of crazy, being out of touch with reality. So they just create their own. And in this woke world where you everybody's a snowflake and we can't uh, offend anybody, we just keep going through the dictionary. And in, 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 it's like book banning. We just got to start crossing out all these words. And apparently the most recent one is the word the. The Associated Press has announced that the article The should be avoided in many circumstances because it is dehumanizing. Lord help us. It warns writers to avoid saying offensive things like the French. Oh, the French. It, uh, uh, it, it, it does not seem that we can even just add an X like Latinx. I don't even understand that one. Is it just my age? Is that my just transphobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, misogynistic, hateful, bigoted, judgmental, Christian, white male, I guess. doesn't seem that we can just add an X like Latinx. It is not a gender thing, so thanks will not suffice, THX. 
It's now an article of faith to stop using the article the in referencing groups. Hmm. Uh, the AP declared that. Here's This is from the AP. This is what they said. Quote, we recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing the labels such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, the college educated. Instead, using wording such as people with mental illnesses and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. Are you paying attention, class? Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Not the neighbor. Hey, I, hey, I, I had a problem with the neighbor again today. Oh, it's so dehumanizing. Now, I would agree if you say the wife. <laughs> I don't get that. Who said the wife, the old lady, the old man. I mean, the 60s are dead and gone. Okay, but like the wife, really? If you say, if you ever refer, guys, gentlemen, fellow married men, if you ever refer to your wife as the wife, uh, you heard it here first. I'm just I'm just declaring you a dirtbag. <laughs> the wife. All right. I don't get that part. The French, the disabled, the college educated, instead using wording such as people with mental illnesses and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. <laughs> the French embassy responded on Twitter, of course, and said, I guess this is us now instead of the French, just French. But he said, then Eric Zamor from the French embassy said, we are declaratively. I love this. We are the French. Back to this funny article from Just the News. By the way, if you are thinking of objecting to the grammar police, the grammar police, think again. It will just establish that you are a dehumanizing monster. What concerns me most is that this dehumanizing article has lingered in the English language for so long without being noticed until now. I mean, really? How did we allow the to be used in so many nefarious and harmful ways. Even the editors of the Associated Press are shadowed with this vile, dehumanizing word. It is literally lurking on every computer and in every dictionary. The only option is decisive action. AP must take its ox cart through the streets and call on people to bring out their thes for proper disposal. I love humor anymore these days, right? This is so helpful. As for any French people encountered along the way, simply refer to them as people associated with the nation of France. Right. So not the French or the disabled or the Christians in this country. Ooh, Sorry if I just hurt you. My little snowflake friends. So there you go. Starting off with some <laughs> insanity. Let's go to some sanity. And large amounts of it. DeSantis. Uh, I love Ron DeSantis more every week. DeSantis plans to ban indoctrination at Florida colleges and universities. Okay, not private schools, but this is where you got to love the state. And I use that the state on purpose. So Governor Ron DeSantis and State University System of Florida, Chancellor Ray Rodriguez, spoke at the State College of Florida. I was just watching this earlier today, feeling uh, very inspired by the leadership in Florida. The event was centered on bringing accountability to the higher education system, which is a re the higher education system, to the academics out there. So wait till I unpack this a little bit for you. I think it'll offer you some hope, at least for Florida, which is the new Texas, and maybe Florida will become the next United States president. The president. There, I did it again. 
So we'll talk about that. And then, and then this really creepy, scary story about monitoring your thoughts, which is real. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. Going to blow your mind here in a few minutes with some things going on coming at us in the future, which is totally creepy. Could you send a note? Uh, tell them to please slow down on the music outro. That would be great because I love music, so I like to keep hearing music in the background. All right, Ron DeSantis plans to ban indoctrination at Florida colleges. So I was listening to the speech earlier today, about 45 minutes, Ron DeSantis and then uh, Chancellor Ray Rodriguez of the State University System of Florida. So that's where in your state, in my state, North Carolina, South Carolina, Utah, wherever you happen to be listening down in Florida, the state actually controls the state universities and colleges. Okay, there's a lot of control there that you can exert in this world. That's what needs to happen because liberals pretty much control the educational system from kindergarten through postdoc. Okay, so you have to use the power of the state. Isn't that funny that me, Mr. Constitutionalist, small government, wants to use the power of the state? Because, like our buddy Steve Dace at The Blaze says, you do not live in a country run by the rule of law. You live in a country run by the rule of political will. Who has the political will to change things? Well, Ron DeSantis does. DeSantis said the United States was currently in the midst of a larger societal discussion on what the purpose of higher education is. He said it was especially centered on publicly funded systems. Quote, I think you have the dominant view, which is not the right view. The dominant view is the use of higher education under this view is to impose ideological conformity. No kidding. To try to promote political activism. By the way, this is happening at the high school, middle school level as well, with a lot of curriculum that's out there across the United States, by the way, that they want to create a bunch of little Marxist, socialist, intersectionality, woke activists. In order to turn America into what they want it to be, which is why the 1619 Project is so dangerous, they just put that. Oprah Winfrey was behind it in terms of turning it into this um, mini-series on Hulu, and I'm going to start watching that tonight, and I'll report back to you, okay? The 1619 Project, which seeks to redefine American history, that America uh, got nowhere without slavery, that the entire system uh, has benefited from slavery. There's nothing in America today that wasn't touched by slavery originally. And so the whole country's a trash because of it. And if that's true, then then it would make moral sense to just chuck the past, get rid of it, and replace it with something better. Well, what, uh, what uh, Shangri-La do you want to replace it with, uh, woke leftists? Well, that would be their Marxist, godless ideology. And, and all you got to do is get the next generations to agree with you that America is just a dumpster fire. And the moral thing to do is, is to replace it, right? Do you get it? That's the, that's the big overarching picture here. <clears throat> that's what DeSantis is talking about. Ideological conformity to promote political activism. That's what a university, uh, that's what a university should be. That's not what we believe is appropriate in the state of Florida. He said that's not what a university should be. Instead, we need our higher education to focus on promoting academic excellence, the pursuit of truth, and to give students the foundation to think for themselves. Amen. That's what I do with Noble U. I'm going to teach you how to think, not what to think. And if you're a Christian, I know the Holy Spirit and God's word will lead you into what to think. But I'm teaching you how to think in my classes. DeSantis said that the dominant approach was common around the U.S. and that people see it manifested around the country as DEI bureaucracies class. Do you know what DEI is yet? Diversity, equity, and inclusion, saying that they were hostile to academic freedom and constitute a drain on resources, meaning why are we paying for this garbage? The governor said that the state has passed the Stop Woke Act in 2022 
to, to remove those requirements and stop them, quote, from imposing an agenda on people, unquote, to prevent private employees from being forced to go through DEI training. He said after his inauguration, after re-election, the state had requested how much state colleges were spending on DEI programs, staff, and activities. And that it was a lot of money, he said, not the best use of your money, taxpayer money, and promising to do something about that. The governor said the administrative bloat was due to the student loan system in the U.S., which was expanding bureaucrats and was a failed model, that's for sure. DeSantis said the new reforms would require core curriculum be grounded in actual history, the actual philosophy that has shaped Western civilization. Wow, what a radical. He said students should get meaningful degrees, not degrees like zombie studies. It's a degree he's criticized on multiple occasions. Okay, that is actually inaccurate. There's no degree on zombie studies, but there is, however, at one Florida college, a class on zombie studies for which you would pay as a parent, I don't know, 1200 bucks for. So they go through all this stuff and they're talking about, I love this. DeSantis mentioned... Uh, the, a five-year tenure review was called back to legislation passed in 2022 to no longer allow unlimited tenure without review. Like, just because you get tenure, we can't fire you? That's ridiculous. The governor said the change of hiring practices for Florida universities would also be allowed this, would allow the state to prevent certain worldviews from being promoted when making academic hiring decisions by faculty committees. So if you want to change the crazy liberal progressive mindset of what's going on in the education across the country, friends, you do know what you have to do, right? You have to seize power. And the only way you seize power is by winning elections. So you have to win elections, seize the power. You have to have the political will to do that, to then go in and change the school system from the top down. That's what it takes. You have to seize political power. That really can't happen in North Carolina yet because we have a whacked out liberal progressive governor. Even though the Republicans control the legislature, you can't get past the governor. You got him, got to get him to sign stuff. But there's other things they could do. They need to be more aggressive on that. But like DeSantis is showing us, you have to seize the reins of power. Okay, now let me take you into this world of blowing your mind based on the kind of technology we have. What's coming up? What's going on? So this was on The Blaze, and, and I'm thankful for Glenn Beck, who's been paying attention to what's coming down the road from a technology standpoint for years. He's, he's kind of you know, a futurist. He's, he can be a bit of a catastrophist, which I believe is based on the fact that his Mormon theology, which he still ascribes to, uh, means he doesn't really have the Holy Spirit, which means he doesn't have the peace of God. And I think if you listen to him carefully, you'll, you'll get that. Okay? I can't judge the guy's heart, but I do know that he's, he's, in no uncertain terms, his allegiance to the Mormon church, the last time he talked about it in the last couple of years, was firm, which is a problem for him, okay? But it doesn't mean he can't be brilliant in a lot of ways, and he is. So this was on The Blaze. Here's the title, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the show unpacking this because this is stuff that's coming somewhat to us. I'm, I'll be 57 uh, next month in February. Somewhat to us in the next 20 years. It'll be all over the place for our kids and their kids. Okay, so we have to be paying attention to the future because we've got to be willing to talk to the younger people about it and warn them about what's coming and show them in a prophetic way what they have to be prepared for. So here's the title. What you think, what you feel, it's all just data. WEF, World Economic Forum, event hypes era of brain transparency in which companies will monitor employees' thoughts and emotions. There's no concern there, is there? Politicians and technocrats from around the world convened earlier this month at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, to discuss how best to orient humanity's future on its behalf. 
That's what elitists do. Among the speakers who had their ear was a so-called futurist and ethicist who hyped the adoption of neurotechnology that would afford employers, governments, and others to decode brain activity in ways we never thought possible. Quote, what you think, what you feel, it's all just data, said Nita Farahaney, professor of law and philosophy at Duke Law School, right down the street from where I'm at, figuratively speaking, same market, and faculty chair of the Duke MA in bioethics and science policy. And she's all excited about this. And large patterns can be decoded using artificial intelligence. Uh, don't you got to hear this. I'm going to walk you through this article, make several comments, and then I'm going to show you an example something really creepy, and you're getting to the point, friend, where you can't tell the difference between whether it was a human being that did it or artificial intelligence. Science fiction becoming reality. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, taking you down the technology road that's just going to freak you out. At least it should. And if you're not paying attention to technological advances, especially artificial intelligence and where we're going as a people, and when I say that, I mean the human race. Just think back to the Tower of Babel and God comes down, uh, maybe with a pre-incarnate Jesus at the time. And, you know, let's go see what's going on down here, and uh, which is interesting because he's omnipresent anyway, but comes down. And in, in, in a loose translation, there's nothing these people can't do and they put their minds to it. And he saw the, 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 the wrongness of the motivation of the Tower of Babel builders and then confused their language, introduced all these different languages, and then it makes it more difficult for people to uh, work together. Now we've overcome that now. So now technology is back around the world and language doesn't really matter because, well, if worst case scenario, you have Google Translate. So pay attention because this, isn't, this is going to partially affect us. I'll be 57 in February. It's partially going to affect us over the next 20 years, 30 years. I'm assuming, I guess I shouldn't assume, but both my parents lived like 90 and 91. Okay, so I might have 35 years left, 30 years, whatever, something like that. This is definitely going to affect us. Uh, uh, Most likely. Okay, I'll do most likely. Definitely, without a doubt, will affect all of our children. And no doubt whatsoever, and in radical ways that defy imagination currently, it's going to affect uh, your grandchildren. And so how shouldn't we be like watchmen on the wall, be paying attention to what's coming and, and raising the red flag, at least warning people, explaining, here's what's going on. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah, we have a responsibility to do that. Okay, so at the World Economic Forum, this lady, Nita Farahaney, who's a professor of law and philosophy at Duke Law School and faculty chair of the Duke MA in bioethics. <laughs> I love when they say bioethics. I'm like, mm-hmm, ethics, sure. Her January 19th presentation entitled Ready for Brain Transparency, uh, that when people think or emote, neurons are firing in your brain, she said, emitting tiny little electri- electrical discharges. Okay, I think most of us know that. As a, part of, as a particular thought takes form, hundreds of thousands of neurons fire in characteristic patterns that can be decoded with EEG or electroencephalogy. Electroencephalography. Wow. And AI-powered devices. Once decoded, now listen, let me get back to English. Once decoded, the rest, the resultant data can be used for a multitude of purposes, good and bad. She probably had to say that because she calls herself an ethicist. Farah Haney focused on what she perceived to be the positive outcomes of monitoring and socially engineering the species, that would be us, 
emphasizing that the adoption of these technologies could help address, quote, some of the root causes of human suffering from neurological disease and degeneration to mental illness. Okay, that sounds good, right? But of also unlocking a lot of the secrets of the human brain. Now, what could possibly be done with that, right, friend? The World Economic Forum speaker indicated that wearable neurotechnology, contra-implanted neurotechnology of the kind Elon Musk's Neuralink deals in. That's Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk, we love him because of Twitter, but he's also all about Neuralink. Let's implant technology into the human brain. Not great. So this will herald an era wherein, quote, you can have an EEG sensor in each ear as part of your ear pods, where you're also where you will also take conference calls and you listen to music, but you have brainwave activity that is being monitored all day, every day. No problem there. Cue the creepy music. Farah Haney began her talk with a series of hypothetical uses of such wearable neurotechnology, which she likened to Fitbits for the brain. Here's one. An office employee monitors her stress levels as a deadline approaches and noticing an unusual trend sends her readings to her doctor for an update. Maybe we need to give you more medication. Number two, her technology inflamed neuroses momentarily dissipate and she begins entertaining romantic thoughts about a male coworker. However, an alert appears on her desktop reminding her to refrain from intra-office romance. Because it's literally reading her mind. The employee focuses back on her work. Her prompt obedience is recognized by her boss, also monitoring the worker's brain waves, who then rewards her with a bonus, like you're a rat in a cage. Now throw a little human depravity in here, friend, and what do you got? A nightmare. That's what. Here's another one. The next day, in an unrelated incident, her coworker is carted off by police having been deemed guilty of wire fraud on the basis of his mental activity. Police will eventually scrutinize mental wavelengths in the office for possible co-conspirators. And she's firing all this stuff off at the World Economic Forum, like with a smile on her face. According to Farah Haney, it won't just be white-collar environments where workers' minds will be policed and tracked in this fashion. With the purported aim of preventing distracted driving accidents on the road, mm, who doesn't want to do that? Farah Haney suggested that truck drivers could be equipped with hats containing embedded electrode sensors that would score what stage of alertness they are in at any given moment. Concerning the prospect of using brain surveillance to know when to preemptively intervene, Farah Haney underscored, we as a society should want that. Right, you look at the upside. Hey, a woman should have the right to determine the timing of her family. That's the upside. You shouldn't be forced to bring a child into poverty. That's the upside. What's the downside? Oh, well, you killed a kid. Just remember, that's what a reprobate mind does. It's out of touch with reality, okay? Especially God's moral law. Farah Haney also championed the use of attention tracking ear pods, noting that employers are now able to determine whether an employee's distractions are central, peripheral, or unrelated to their assigned task. She did, however, couch her support with the caveat that it should be optional on the part of the employees used to determine benefits as opposed to penalties. Yeah, right. Here's the ethicist that's clueless about, that, uh, clueless about human depravity and sin nature. That's why any worldview, any perspective on reality in this world devoid of a biblical narrative, devoid of biblical truth, and the nature of mankind in terms of our sin nature, any worldview philosophy that doesn't incorporate that is off by definition. That's why they miss so many things, like this lady, 
Like, oh, it should be optional on the part of employees. But they'll turn around and it won't be optional. It'll be a condition of your employment for your good so that we can help you perform at a maximum level and to protect the integrity of our incredible business. Just wear these ear pods every day. Although erring on the side of positivity, Farah Haney noted that the widespread adoption of these technologies will, quote, change the way that we interact with each other, with other people and how we understand ourselves. No problems there. The World Economic Forum speaker suggested that there will be legal, privacy, and human rights implications, and societies will have to contemplate how they will safeguard or litigate around cognitive liberty protections. That's another word. Like, do you know what a pansexual is? Cognitive, cognitive liberty protections, meaning protecting your thoughts from monitoring and manipulation. Going on, and big businesses will have to adopt best practices concerning how to adopt this technology. <laughs> big businesses, ma'am, run by whom? Oh, that's right, human beings with a lot of power. And what do we know about power? Well, that it corrupts, right? And why does power corrupt? Human depravity, sin nature. Bada bing, bada boom. Not very difficult. Unless you are an ethicist at Duke. Presently, there are earbuds, headphones, and tattoos behind the ear that can be used to pick up or decode emotional states as well as a means to yank out mentally pictured faces, shapes, and numbers. Neurotechnology company Brain Scientific has produced an ink composed of graphene that, when tattooed upon human flesh, can monitor brain activity. A tattoo. I wonder where, where else you might put said tattoo. Maybe, I don't know, in the forehead. That sounds somewhat familiar, right? Neuroscientists at the University of Toronto Scarborough developed a technique in 2018 by which they could reconstruct images of what people perceive based on their brain activity. Whoa. University of Texas News reported that Dan uh, Nevradoff hooked up human test subjects to EEG equipment and then showed them images of faces. That brain activity was recorded and then used as the basis of a digital recreation of the image with the assistance of machine learning algorithms. <clears throat> so we monitor each other. The South China Morning Post reported in 2018 that Hangzhou Zohing Electric, like many Chinese companies, had been mining data from workers' brains on an industrial scale to redesign workflows and adjust production speeds. Monitoring their employees without their consent. Or knowledge. Sensors were hidden in safety helmets and hats that monitored wearers' brainwaves and streamed the data to the computers where AI algorithms would note emotional states. In the Q&A following the presentation, moderator and Atlantic CEO Nicholas Thompson said, quote, speaking as a CEO, I'm sure all CEOs will use this technology completely responsibly. Eliciting laughter from Farah Haney in the audience, right? It's being facetious. Didi Rankovic, writing for Reclaim the Net, said that this, with this new technology for employers, it'll be, and I quote, just like prodding cattle, unquote. This technology, which is happening for employers, will be just like prodding cattle to move you in the right direction, to corral you, to manipulate you. And then, well, I'll save it for the last segment. And then where do you go with that? If we can monitor everything going on in your brain, your thoughts, literally, how can we use that to manipulate you, to control you, to move you around like a piece on a chessboard? And then the depths of the depravity that that unlocks is insane. So when we come back, some more thoughts on that and artificial intelligence and a really awesome pro-life song. You'll love it. 
We'll be right back. Oh, man. I miss the 70s. <laughs> music in the 70s when it was just good music. It didn't matter whether you could dance or how good looking you were. It's just good music. And so you'll you'll hear that show up every once in a while here on the show. This is Steve Noble on The... Sorry, sorry everybody. The Steve Noble Show. Uh, those talk radio show people. The hosts. The pundits. That's me. Remember, the Associated Press is like, yeah, it's dehumanizing. Got to quit using the word the to describe a group. The homeless. Can't do that. Uh, the uh, mentally challenged. Can't say that. Got to get rid of the, 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 the. Dehumanizing. Okay, speaking of dehumanizing, back to technology, right? So I was sharing that with you from Davos, where they can actually start uh, gathering data on your thoughts and then your employee uses that. It's a quote the guy at the end of the article. Just like prodding cattle. <laughs> and this is like Min- Minority Report. Thank you for somebody on Facebook Live, like the Tom Cruise movie. That uh, now we start recording your thoughts and stuff when you're like four and five. By the time you're 15 or 18, we, if you could record all your thoughts, right? Your brain activity. I think there's a good chance that we could project what kind of person you're going to be when you're 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. And all of a sudden, the Minority Report movie aspect is, hey, we, we have about an 87% likelihood here that you're going to be a criminal. And your crimes could range from this to that. So by the time you're 25 on your current course, you're going to be contemplating criminal activity. And by the time you're 30, you're going to be actually engaged in criminal activity, some of which will be dangerous. And so instead of waiting till then and catching you after you commit a crime, we're going to stop you before you do because we're so sure that... We know where you're going. Now, that should uh, be disturbing to you, right? And that's where this technology is going. So I mentioned this awesome pro-life song, right? Could you adjust the focus on the camera, please, Josh? Seems like it. Is it all right in there for you? It seems like it goofed up a little bit. All right. I want to uh, just listen to this. This is awesome. This is a pro-life song. My buddy Troy Newman with Operation Rescue put this up five days ago. Uh, The song is called The Baby. Verse one. In the darkness of the womb, a tiny heart begins to boom. A spark of life so pure and true. A miracle just starting to brew. Then the chorus. Little one, you're on your way, growing stronger every day. A precious gift, a brand new start. We'll hold you close with all our heart. Verse two. You're still so small, yet so complete. Your fingers and toes so petite. With each passing day, you'll grow, and soon you'll be ready to show. Back to the chorus. Little one, you're on your way, growing stronger every day. A precious gift, a brand new start. We'll hold you close with all our heart. Then the bridge. We'll sing you lullabies and hold you tight. We'll be there for every cry and every light. You'll bring us joy. You'll bring us love. Our precious little one sent from above. Then the chorus, little one, you're on your way, growing stronger every day. A precious gift, a brand new start. We'll hold you close with all your heart. Then the outro, the end of the song. We can't wait to see your face, to hold you in our arms in this special place. You're a treasure. You're a dream come true. Little one will always love you. All right. So that, how about that for a pro-life song? Is that like beautiful? I wrote on Troy's Facebook page. I put beautiful, bro. 
I mean, Troy's like one of my pro-life heroes and strong believer, uh, rancher, hunter. Troy Newman is a man's man. So when I, I'm like, wow, dude, I didn't know you had that gear. That's a beautiful song. And then the next person on Facebook said, wow, you are so talented. Right? I'm like, no kidding. Wow, Troy. I mean, who knew? I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand that my friend had songwriting capabilities. But I'm like, well, there it is. That, that's pretty awesome. And then he sent me a message because he saw me compliment him on Facebook. He sent me a message. He's like, bro, I didn't write that. <laughs> I did that on the chat GBT website. Now, I talked about this the other day, right? The chat GBT, which is an artificial intelligence system that's been put up on this website, chat GBT. I think I've got it on my phone still. And you sign up and you just, you can ask it a question and it's supposed to be there to get you into, you can just chat with it, right? Does that sound a little creepy? Chat GBT. Build next gen apps with open eyes, powerful models. So what he did, you can sign up for this and then you log in and it's just open AI, okay, optimizing language models for dialogue. That doesn't sound problematic, does it? ChatGBT, I'm on their website, openai.com. ChatGBT, optimizing language models for dialogue. We've trained a model called ChatGBT, which interacts in a conversational way. The dialogue format makes it possible for ChatGBT to answer follow-up questions, admit its mistakes, challenge incorrect premises, and reject inappropriate requests. ChatGBT is a sibling model to instruct GBT, which is trained to follow an instruction and a prompt and provide a detailed response. Now, when you hear that, are you like, uh, what? what? What does that even mean? So here's some samples. In the following sample, ChatGBT asks the clarifying questions to debug a code. The user, this code is not working like I expect. How do I fix it? ChatGDP comes back with this. This is the AI. Okay, this isn't somebody, some human being inputting this into the system. This is the system coming up with this answer and writing this on its own. It's difficult to say what's wrong with the code without more context. Can you provide more information about what the code is supposed to do and what isn't working as expected? Also, is this the entire code or just part of it? User, just part of it. The error never surfaces. I think there's something wrong with the channel. ChatGBT. It's difficult to say without more information about what the code is supposed to do and what's happening when it's executed. One potential issue with the code you provided is that the result, uh, resulting channel is never closed, which means that the code could potentially hang if the resulting worker channel is never written to. This could happen if uh, the worker never returns an error, if it's canceled before it has a chance to return an error. To fix this issue, you could close the result worker channel after writing to it. And then it goes on and on, right? We train this model using reinforcement learning from human feedback using the same methods as instruct GDP, but with slight differences in the data collection setup. Right? Have I lost you yet? We trained an initial model using supervised fine tuning. Human AI trainers provided conversation in, in which they played both sides, the user and an AI assistant. We gave the trainers access to model written suggestions to help them compose their responses. We mixed this new dialogue data set with the instruct GBT data set, which we transformed into a dialogue format. And now I know I've totally lost you, right? So my buddy Troy Newman goes to chat GBT, signs up for an account, and then just puts in there, uh, write a pro-life song. And the artificial intelligence wrote 
the pro-life song I just read to you. Not Troy, not some pro-lifer, not some songwriter who studies the pro-life movement, studies the pro-life cause, studies the heart of the pro-life perspective, and then writes a song out of that. No, this is artificial intelligence that wrote the song based simply on the question or the request, write a pro-life song. And this is what it came up with. In the darkness of the womb, a tiny heart begins to boom, a spark of life so pure and true, a miracle just starting to brew. A miracle. How does artificial intelligence, which is interesting, isn't it? Do you catch the irony there? Artificial intelligence, a computer program, essentially, HAL 9000, if you're old enough to know my reference, knows the pro-life movement well enough that when it creates a song, it incorporates the supernatural, a miracle. Because you don't get that with a naturalistic worldview. You don't, there is no miracle. Miracles happen, you call them a miracle because they are supernatural by definition. And so a atheist, agnostic, progressive, generally is not going to use the word miracle, especially on a topic like this. But the AI did. And why did it do that? Because they input enough data that it knows that a pro-life person, somebody that would ask for a pro-life song, would be triggered and, w- and would like that, the whole notion of a miracle. It doesn't mention God. doesn't mention Christianity. doesn't mention the Bible. doesn't quote scripture, although you probably could. I signed up for an account. I'm going to go in there and say, um, write a, pro- a Christian pro-life song, and let's see what it does with that. Then all of a sudden, you can't tell the difference because... W- the first time I read that to you, you were probably like, wow, that's beautiful. Josh, my assistant in here said, everybody should hear that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Except it was written by AI. And so now all of a sudden, this is where this, this when this came out a couple weeks ago, especially in the academic world, how do you, how do you know that your student actually wrote the paper? Write a paper on the significance of uh, the Lincoln-Douglas debates prior to the Civil War. And ChatGBT could crank out a, you know, thousand word essay on that. And then you just turn it in. It'll have perfect English, perfect spelling. And odds are it'll make perfect sense. But what worldview is it going to use? Pro-slavery, anti-slavery, most likely anti-slavery, which is good. What, what's going to happen there? It's fascinating. That's where we're at. So now you can't even tell human effort from AI. And it'll tell you things that you want to hear. And if it gets to know you well enough, it's going to sell you based on everything about you. The things that you think out loud, the the things that you voice, the things that you think, that you imagine, that you fantasize about, that nobody knows except the technology. And then all of a sudden, your particular interests in anything start to get factored into what it shows you. That's absolute manipulation and control. And do not be conformed to this world, but be conformed to... Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you could just see what the devil would do with that. Pay attention to this stuff, friend. Pay attention to technology. It's going to do a lot of damage to our kids and our grandkids. And it's up to us, mature adults right now, to pay attention and share the news. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say. Another program powered by The Truth Network.